Hi, everybody. It's episode 494 of PodQuest. Hey. It's Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. I am Chris. Over there is Druton. Hello. And on the other side of the, of, of the world is, is Walnut. We're literally like 10 minutes away from each other. It's not I, even different. Dude, you're in Australia world. for all I know. I, I mean, I wish. I wish. Yeah. But also, it would be six in the morning, and I would not be doing this. Nah, you'd be fine. No, I would not. Actually, it'd probably be like seven or eight. I think, I, they're, say, I think they're like 14 or 15, depending on what part of Australia no. you're in. Well, well, Japan is 13, correct? Yeah, it, de- it depends on um, daylight savings. It's part right. of the year, they're 13. Part of the year, they're 12. Yeah. So right now, I think we're in the 13. And... I mean, I get, yeah, Australia is huge. You forget how big Australia is. But the westernmost part of Australia is also equally the same. It's 10 in the morning in Sydney, Australia. Really? Yeah. But it's 7 in Perth. Yeah, so it really depends on on what part of Australia I'm in. Yeah, exactly. Apparently I'm in Sydney because Cobb just decided I'd be in Sydney. What if I'm in Queensland? I mean, almost everybody that's in Australia is in Sydney. I mean, in Queensland, it's, it's 9. Well, there you go. Those are like the only three places I know of Australia. There's actually, I was watching a video. Um, there's there's a, a YouTuber I follow called uh, Downey Live. Live. Downey Live. I can't talk today, apparently. Um, and he does like travel vlogs. He mostly focuses on like rail and trains. But sometimes he does like some cool things. And he spent a few weeks in, or like a week or two in Australia. And one of the things he did is the world's longest golf course, where it is at least an hour drive between each hole. That sounds like a bad time. Along the outback of Australia. So, like, you start, the first two holes are, like, on a golf course, and then the next uh, 15 holes are, like, either on other golf course, or the next 16 holes are on, like, other golf courses, and or, or, like, even just in fields. One of them goes across a uh, a small airport or small like air, uh, yeah, airport uh, uh, taxiway. So yeah, I want to do that because it's like it takes three days to get through that course, and I just feel like that would be a fun experience. I don't know. I I don't like golfing, so like for me, that's like that just seems like a lot of work. No one who golfs likes golfing, but still, I feel like that's I've, not true. N- I've never met a golfer who has enjoyed golfing at the time of golfing. Well, I mean, that's different because everyone sucks at it. Exactly. Well, like, I, don't even, I don't even like the idea of golf. Golf is fun. Golf is fun. I haven't done it in a long time. I need to get back to the driving range and start practicing and shit. Well, yeah, go do that right now. Take us with you. No, that's not going to happen. It's too cold. My nose is stuffy. My throat hurts. I hate life today. That's, that's fair. Man, there's all sorts of stuff going around. There's like the flu, laryngitis, COVID, obviously. Yeah, I mean... We'll see. We'll see what it is. It's probably nothing major. It's probably just that I had cold or... Oh, yeah. I wasn't saying that you had anything. I just mean, like, in general. Like, there are so many things kind of floating around out there right now. It's it's a a bad time to be alive, everybody. Oh, absolutely. But there was a state of play that we can talk about after the agenda. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there was a state of play. And then I uh, jumped into Entrouded for a couple of hours the other day. Cobb, you finished watching Fringe, that hit Fox TV show that was on like 10 years ago. Um, and Almost then you... exactly. Good job. Yeah, nice. Um, and then you uh, you also read or listened to The Storyteller by Dave Grohl. 
And then I, they said it couldn't be done, but it was, after two months, finally beat Baldur's Gate 3. Meanwhile, there are streamers that, weren't you saying like last week, there are streamers that are on, on like their fourth or fifth playthrough? There, there is a streamer right now, I don't know her name, um, but I see her videos on YouTube all the time, who is doing a Twitch plays uh, Baldur's Gate 3 playthrough on her Twitch. And so, like, there's Twitch extensions with Baldur's Gate, and they're going to get to make choices and things like that. Okay, I've seen similar things before. Yeah. That's that's a decision, I guess. So, state of play. Drew, you watched it, I watched it. Rich, you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, like, I'm I'm looking through an article right now, uh, and the first thing that sticks out to me is Shadow, Sonic Cross Shadow Generations, which I'm like, the fuck is this? And I'm kind of excited for it. Um... It looks like the, it looks like the PS2 Shadow of the Hedgehogs in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as well as like some of the older Sonic games and yeah, yeah, like like I saw that I'm like oh a new Sonic game and then I I, I walked into the kitchen came back and it was Shadow of the Hedgehog I'm like hmm. okay so I'm I'm reading a little a little bit more about that so it's um I guess it's some of the same stuff from the 2011 generations mm-hmm. um but with new levels where Shadow takes the lead. Okay. So I don't know if that means that there are going to be um cuz wasn't Sonic Generations was um it wasn't a collection, right? No, Sonic Generations was uh where there were two Sonics that you play as. You played as Side Scroller right. Sonic and then you played as 3D Sonic, I believe. I never played it, but I've heard it was really good. And it's like you play through each level multiple times at per different ex- perspectives of the Sonics cuz the two Sonics somehow teleport together across different generations to play through these levels. Um, so, like, I don't know much about it. I just know, like, it was... I, I remember hearing it was a really good game, but I love Sonic, so I still never played that open-world Sonic game that came out last year because I didn't play anything new last year. Oh, Sonic um, Frontier? Yeah. That actually, like, wasn't bad. Like, I, I didn't have a terrible time with Frontier. Mm-hmm. It, it got a little, like, repetitive. Um, it's because- an it- it's an open world game. It's going to get repetitive. Yeah, like it's an open. It's a very empty open world game too. Like it's not like there was a ton of stuff going on. It was a lot of like run around as Sonic because like the idea is you're Sonic. You're going to move fast, so like I guess the world doesn't need a ton of stuff in it. Yeah. Um, and it was like finding puzzles and occasionally puzzles that involved like defeating enemies and then fighting a giant monster that the. Generally, you, you collect all the Chaos Emeralds, and then you become supersonic to fight the boss. And then you get knocked to the next island where you help your next friend that's captured and kind of, like, repeat the process. Mm-hmm. But, like, it played well. Like, 3D Sonic games don't have a great history of being good. <laughs> In fact, I think only the first two were actually any good, right? Like, does it, did anyone like the later 3D games? Um, no, I don't, I don't recall any of the later 3D games having any, like, high regard. Um, I think Sonic Heroes, maybe, maybe, people were okay with, but, like, then you had, like, Sonic Unleashed, and you had, uh, Sonic Sonic 06. Sonic 06, God, that thing. Sonic and the, uh, the, the Black Knight, um, Shadow the Hedgehog. Uh, there were there was another Sonic Rail game. I can't remember what it was. Uh, I mean, there were Sonic Colors, right? And then Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom was like when they remodeled everybody. 
I, wasn't um, Sonic Boom actually kind of popular because it like it got like a, a cartoon spinoff and everything? I, I mean, I think the the game came from the spinoff, or oh, okay, vice versa, or not vice versa, but like I think it was. I don't think the the show, however it came about, I don't think it had anything to do with popularity of the game and just everything to do with popularity of Sonic and was like a a collaboration type thing where like they're going to do both because the show is called Sonic Boom. So I think the game and the show are like one in the same. Right. Yeah, that's that, that actually probably makes sense. Sonic and the Black Knight. I think well, the, the other I, on. Did you say Black Knight? I said Black Knight. I can't remember the first one that came before that. There was one other Wii game. You're like I do remember that. It it wasn't Colors. Unleashed. No, Unleashed, Unleashed was where was... he became the uh, the the uh, the werewolf, the werehog, the secret w- rings or something like that. Oh yeah, like in the Seven okay. Rings. Yeah, Sonic and the Seven Rings or something like that. Secret yeah. rings. Secret rings. Secret yeah, rings. yeah. That was that was on Rails, and then you had the Shadow the Hedgehog games, which was like. He had fucking guns. Yeah. I've never played that. Like, that is something that I've always wanted. Like, similar to how I do, like, the Mega Mans, I've always wanted to go through, like, all the Sonic games, good or bad, and just try them out. Not force myself to beat them like I did with the Mega Mans, but just try out each Sonic game for a couple of hours. Um, And if I can, beat it, beat it. If I can't, not. Because I just, I love Sonic. He's great. But... They're the all games. very like doable in a stream. Yeah, like, it, it just depends how stuck you get on certain levels. Yeah, and and how much um, like I did on my last retro stream, I did Sonic Two for a bit, and I ended stream with Sonic Two, and like at one point I was doing really good, and then I got to a boss, and I just got stuck, um, because you die once, and there's no rings after the checkpoint. So you can't actually get any rings to save yourself, so you have to perfect the boss. And it was the one where he's shooting the fireballs, and he comes out from the lava from the ground. Oh, okay, yeah, like the... um, Fuck, I know which one that is. Like, Hill- I can Hilltop picture it in zone. my head. No, Hilltop, Hilltop Zone is... Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, Hilltop. Yeah, Hilltop Zone. Yeah it's, the, yeah. yeah, it's the one that has, like, the dinosaur robot enemies. that Not even enemies, like, you jump on them to, like, get across things. I think so. I don't know. Um, but other than Sonic X Shadow Generations. Drew, did anything um, jump out at you? I mean, that first game that I'm forgetting the name of, something Blade, right? Uh, at least looked kind of cool. Oh, the... um, It's the uh, fucking Stellar hack Blade? and slash RPG thing. Yes, Stellar Blade, yeah. Yeah, they've shown that one a couple of times. And I, okay. I always thought it looked like it, w- it looked cool. It's one of those games where it, it might be neat. It might be absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like It could go either direction. Just it's that sort of gameplay where if the gameplay is strong, it's probably a fun game. Yeah. And it actually comes out in April, which I, I missed that during the, the state of play. Mm-hmm. I feel like that one's been like shown off a bunch. I don't remember seeing it, but I also haven't like super paid attention to a lot of like the state of plays or whatnot over the last year. I'm actually going to double check if that's the game that I think it is. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it got shown like as far back as like 2020. Okay. Um, because I think I think it was originally. I'm sorry, no, 2021 is when it was first shown. Um, like the first trailers for it had more like space related stuff. Okay, gotcha. But yeah, that like that one looks like it could be neat. There Same was... thing. Sorry, Rich, go ahead. 
No, go ahead. I was going to say that um, Zenless Zone Zero also looked like it It might be like just like a fun, like chaotic game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, very anime, <laughs> for sure. Uh, it's the Genshin Impact developers, so... Oh. <laughs> I wonder if it's a gotcha game. Probably. Yeah, that's a bummer. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure. Uh, uh, apparently there's Silent Hill stuff, like a bunch of Silent Hill stuff that dropped, and there's a new game, or I guess a short game or something that was released free to play today called The Short Message. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's first person it looked like anyway. Yeah, that's I mean that's yeah. what the trailer looked like. Yeah. My my spooky stream might change for next month. But uh, it's not, no, my spooky stream's not going to change for next month. And then um, they they finally re- revealed that a Silent Hill 2 remake is happening. Oh, they revealed revealed that last year. Oh, did they? Or, was, well, yeah. or they they showed stuff from it. Yeah, there was a there was a whole Konami like presents thing for it where they um right. they had like all the different people that worked on it letting us know that like they were taking it seriously. It, it was very cheesy. Like it had like like they had a lot of like fake smoke and stuff in the in the in the studio so that uh okay. so that it would look like Silent Hill. But either way, like I think you're right. I think this may have been the first time they showed anything actually from okay. the game. So it's the first time it's been seen since it was revealed in 2022. Oh, wow. So did they show stuff in 2022? I thought it was just the announcement. Yeah, I mean, it might have just been the announcement in 2022. Probably like a CG trailer. Yeah. Bless you, Walnuts. Thank you, Walnuts. I didn't hear you sneeze. That kind of sound gets cut out real hard on Discord. Yeah. That's why, Rich, remember last week when when we didn't hear each other clap? Uh, Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, I've never heard you guys clap yeah (laughs) discord has a very aggressive noise filter which is great but also like i didn't know that was a sneeze i thought somebody just did something behind you no no, no. well i did i did i did turn around to not be right in the mic uh and stuff but i just i just wanted to also have like a potential timestamp if you didn't know it was a sneeze to where if you want to cut that out but now i'm just gonna leave it in there yeah no that's great we we segue we segue we segue (laughs) onto it now can't cut all this out this is content. Yeah, you um, brought you brought attention to it. <laughs> uh, apparently, I don't. Are we still talking about um, uh, Silent Hill, or do we want to move on from? That? We can. If you have something about Silent Hill, go for it. I don't have anything about Silent Hill. Well, then move on. Pick something different. Uh, there's going to be a Godzilla themed update for Dave the Diver. Oh, right. That was like the one of the first things they showed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I immediately said, "Oh, Richie's going to play this." I'm I'm fifty fifty about Dave the Diver. I don't know how I feel about it just because I'm I'm not too into the art style. And so I don't know if I actually really care. Well, I mean, no, some of the art style does look good. It's just the character models that I don't really care for. But it it's got like sim stuff that you love. Yeah, like that's like I don't know. That's what I said. Like I'm like fifty fifty on, on Dave the Diver right now. Like I don't really know if I care enough to play it. Like, if I'm going to play any aquatic-based game in the near future, it's going to be Dredge. But, you know, Godzilla, and I'm watching the trailer now, and they have the Godzilla music. So I'm like, I'm all for it. Uh, oh, that's even burning Godzilla. So that's from uh, Godzilla vs. Uh, uh, was that Destroyer? Yeah, that's Godzilla vs. Destroyer. Godzilla. What you're saying doesn't mean anything to us. I, it's the Godzilla that they show in the trailer. He's got all the fire and whatnot in his on his body. That oh, okay. was that was from Godzilla vs. Destroyer. Is what I'm I mean, saying. didn't they show him squaring off against another giant monster? 
No, the trailer that I watched, which was only a minute long, just showed him coming out of the water. But I could have sw- that. I think the trailer they showed had a little bit more. Then yeah, there might have been more. There might have been more. Who knows? Um, but yeah, honestly, like that game is probably right up your alley if like the art style doesn't totally put you off. Yeah, and that's that's what it, like I'm just gonna wait for it to be. I mean, I'm sure it's always on sale. I need I need to add the Poppy games to no, my wish list got, while I'm in Steam. But you got to remember, I, it's not an indie game. It is actually a AAA game. It yeah. might be sixty dollars. It is on my wish list. Oh, um, nice. So I've had it wish listed before. It's actually I could get both Dave and Dredge as a bundle for uh, ten dollars cheaper than buying them separately. So this is kind of off topic um did you guys know that on steam there is a call of duty franchise pack mm-hmm. do you know how much that costs um, looking i'm gonna guess it's somewhere in the area of like hundred dollars rich do you have a guess for how much the call of duty franchise pack regularly am i allowed costs? to ask am i allowed to ask any questions as of like what's included in it or anything or do it's, i just have to go I believe just believe it is Every single Call of Duty except for Call of Duty 3. Like the most recent Call of Duty 3? No, no, like I think like the original, like the Big Red 1 was 3, I think, right? Huh? I think I think like the original 3. Um, like literally it's 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 every game in, like from back on like the the PlayStation 2 and everything. Oh yeah, I'm going to say like 600 bucks. Over 900. Okay. Over 9,000. Yeah, um, I, it was on Fire Escape. Um, they were talking about it because uh, I forget. I think it was uh, uh, Mahardy said that like his brother bought it, but like bought it on like a hundred and twenty dollars sale. And they looked it up, and they're just like, "This thing is almost a thousand dollars." I'm just like, "Holy shit!" Which honestly, still like, if you were to go and like add up all of the individual games, assuming it includes like the the few most recent, that is probably still slightly cheaper. Oh, uh, most likely. Probably not by much, especially when like some of those games are probably not fun to play. I mean, that's that's my thing about it is like, are you actually ever going to play all of those games? Do you really need to buy all of them? Exactly. That's why, like the the when they were talking about it on this podcast, it was the guy is actually like he's playing them. Like like he bought it for a hundred and something, so like it was severely discounted, and he's played like the first three or four already. Mm-hmm. So like you know he's he is. Actually, at least getting like some money's worth out of it. But yeah, nine hundred dollars for just a set of games. That frankly, you could probably just buy all the individual games physically for significantly cheaper. Maybe. Uh, I mean, if it's got like original Call of Duty one and two, those might be incredibly hard to find. That's fair. But like the the games from the last decade, like they're just fucking GameStops are built with those now. You're not wrong. Ugh. Um. What else? I don't think anything else really jumped out at me at the state of play. Um, the biggest news, Death Stranding 2, though. Oh, boy. On the beach. It's literally called Death Stranding 2 on the beach. You know, let me tell you, I don't walk in real life. I don't want to walk in a video game. <laughs> yeah, but in this one, at least during one of the cutscenes, Troy Baker's character battles these giant monster robot things with a fucking guitar gun. He does guitar solos and shoots laser beams out of the headstock. But what about Daryl? Is Daryl still in it? Yep. Yep. Norman Reedus is still Sam Porter Bridges, but th- there are no more bridges apparently because in the in the first game he reconnected America according to the trailer. Jeez. But the Death Stranding is still a problem. 
so he has he has to go back out on the road with with um with the bridge baby and now he has this little fucking demon puppet that actually is kind of neat like drew did, did you ch- actually watch that trailer not really i was like i haven't played the first one it's ridiculous i don't know what's going on so i sort of checked out while that was going on i think even if you played the first one you still wouldn't know what's going on <laughs> that's not fair, fair. Um, you mean you mean a kojima game exactly but so one of the ca- so he, he he's like working with this new new program or or new like um thing and one of the people there has this little like it's like a mini ventriloquist dummy that is is sentient and can like talk on its own um and it's literally just on this lady's shoulder and it's just like hey sam can i come with you and the lady's just like it's probably a good idea he knows a lot so fucking sam just takes him and tries to like clip him to like the back of his like pants and the the robot's like come on your butt dude i'd ra- i'd rather ride shotgun i'm just like this is the this is the dumbest thing ever, but it was also very funny because it, it looks like the little thing they um almost like what they did in Spider Verse. They animated him at a different frame rate, mm-hmm. so he almost looks um stop motion when he moves compared to everybody else. Interesting. Yeah, it was, it was actually a really cool effect on it. Um, but yeah, Death Stranding two, and then they announced that after Death Stranding two, Kojima Productions will be transitioning into creating. Get this, guys! Big change of pace for Kojima. A tactical stealth game. Look, I'm excited for that. I'll get behind that 100%. Yeah, so I guess... guess, Sorry, go ahead. It won't be Metal Gear, but, like, they do... Or he did good tactical stealth games that had no... That made no sense. So, like... What are you talking about? Everything about Metal Gear makes sense. Absolutely. It does. Um, But, yeah, so it's basically after Death Training 2 is done. That's what they're going to be working on. And it definitely sounds like a... Sony came to him. He's like, "We're gonna let you do the, these fucking ridiculous ass games for a little while, but we want you to make a Metal Gear, even though it can't be called Metal Gear." Because mm-hmm. um, it was uh, Herman Hel- Helms, the their, their current like CFO or or not CFO, um, CCO. Um, that he was the former head of Guerrilla Games was out there with him. He's like, "I'm really excited for this one. Like, <laughs> this is what I want Kojima to make." Yeah, but I mean, yeah. it'd be interesting to see if tries to go get the metal gear ip it sounds like so this one they did say was a new ip for now <laughs> i mean that's fair um but kojima very much in a kojima way he's like this is going to be an interactive game because games are interactive but it's going to blur the lines with movies so a kojima game okay exactly got it. so so metal gear 3 sons of liberty that is so wrong yep <laughs> Guns of no, yeah. Try nope. No, Try that was Metal Gear Four. Metal there Gear Three was Snake Eater. There you go. You know what? Sons of Liberty 3, is Metal Gear Two. But Metal Gear Metal Gear Three took place in the past, so Correct. I forget. I forget that that was the third game because it takes place. It's a prequel to all the others. And then so Metal, I always Metal Gear Five takes place between three and, and one. And, and Metal Gear 4 is also, like, on the PS3, so... And only on the PS3, right? Isn't that the one that, that's never gone anywhere else? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Well, no, you know what? I'm sorry. They they just had that remaster that either came out or is coming out. Mm-hmm. So, for the first time in almost 20 years, it's available elsewhere. But, so, Metal Gear Solid 4 is the, is the first game that I tried to play on... Um, or the, It was, like, one of the first HD games I tried to play. Um, on a non-HD TV. And guess what? You can't see any of the stuff. The, <laughs> the game 
the game did not work in like um on like a traditional like square tube tv it cut off mm-hmm. all of the the hud stuff yeah it was an issue back in the day yeah so like I, I put that game on and i had no idea that's i had no idea he had like a health bar or he had that thing where you had to smoke cigarettes to calm down also that game you had to cu- smoke cigarettes to calm down yeah i mean 2007 was a weird fucking time the, the life of an addict oh are, are we done talking about the state of play because I, I, have, I have a side tangent real quick yeah, I think that that pretty. I mean, unless you guys have any, like, like I said, I didn't watch yeah. it because I just completely forgot. I'll still watch it tomorrow, but I mean, there's, yeah, there's doesn't really seem to be anything standing out unless it's uh, Until Dawn remake. But I have Which, that available to me, so it looks good. But like, if you've played the game before, like, there's not a whole lot of reason to go back to it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I that's a lie. Like, there, if you if you own it already, the original game looks fine. There's no reason to buy a new version of it if you don't already own it. Um, but that game does have some replay value because you can make different choices and potentially get different endings and outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can try and kill everybody. You know, you can go either way. Yeah. But so, quick quick tangent um, about a show that we watched that was just out of this fucking world. Um, the, the attic line made me think of it. Um, on Hulu, there is a show that came out a couple weeks ago called super hot, the spicy world of pepper people. Okay. Um, so I did not realize there is an entire culture around super hot peppers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, like, I guess I should, I should say like, I knew that there was like, there were people that were into that stuff. I didn't realize like how big it was mm-hmm. like, like conventions and contests and people that like like youtubers that like go around the country just to find peppers there's a reason hot ones is as popular as it is but like hot ones is different that like that that's its own kind of like sub like watch people eat things that aren't going to kill them like in this show the one of the main guys that they're they're kind of talking to the whole time is like a quote-unquote famous youtuber he's got like two thousand subscribers um that he tells you like three different times and, and he does this multiple times you cannot digest the peppers. You eat them, and then you go fucking purge them, because they're going to do more damage coming out than they did going in. I don't know why you would do that to yourself, but... Yeah. Look, that, so I think there are three or four times in the show where they people are having, like, hot pepper competitions, like, legitimately, like, streamed online, like, like they get a fucking championship belt when they're done. Um, during one of them, the, this lady who, who she's, like, the most winningness, winningest pepper eater... Um, her hands stopped working. There was so much capsaicin going through her that she couldn't use her hands anymore. She lost the ability to use them. They actually like locked up, like they look like lobster claws. To the point Jeez. where, to the point where somebody else had to come up and feed her the peppers. I like spicy. I like spicy. I ain't willing to do that. I, like, but, but how how much of the, this pepper did they eat? <laughs> the whole pepper every time. Okay, because. So I forget what YouTube channel it was, but actually, I mean, I think it was part of the first three feast. Um, the, someone went to the uh, the farm where this guy who makes the spiciest peppers in the world, and someone ate one of those peppers, and like he was not happy about it, but like that didn't happen to him. <laughs> like, but that so, kind of these, but, so this was ten rounds. Every one of these peppers was over a million Scoville units. So I think the, this one pepper is ten million. 
no, no. So the, the hottest pepper in the world right now is two million. It just it, it was just created last year. The the show actually went over this. Okay. Uh, previously, like the Guinness World Record pepper was the Carolina Reaper for the longest time. Right. The same guy that made the Carolina Reaper right. created this new one, Pepper X, which yeah, might be who who that that is. Yeah, that is yeah. the pepper. Okay. Yeah. So in the ten years between the Reaper and the the Pepper X, um, there are a bunch of people that are just like in their backyards and basements, like crossbreeding peppers to like breed the hottest pepper and at the end of this series they go through and they test like i think it's three or four of the ones that are kind of shown throughout the whole thing to like figure out like is one of these the actual hottest pepper in the world and like they go to a legitimate lab the lab does the test to determine like how much capsaicin is in each of these peppers and two of them were a hundred thousand and a hundred and fifty thousand more than the carolina reaper um the one that was 150,000 Scoville units hotter than the Reaper um, during this competition where the lady lost her, the use of her hands. The last round, the 10th round, is a speed round. It's eating as many as you can of okay. that pepper. And I'm sorry, it's not as many as you can. It's the first person to eat 10 of this pepper, which was like okay. it was like 1.7 million Scoville units. Um, basically one if the, if the opponent hadn't dropped out by then. But every so 10 rounds leading up to that, I think every round was either three, it was three to five peppers per round. Every one of them was at least a million Scoville units. Okay. All right. Um, I think at the end of it, if I remember, because they, they had a little counter after each round, they had eaten like 40 peppers in the span of like maybe half hour to an hour. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like, like they were both like they were sweating. They were like, like the woman actually looked like she might die. And, like, it's cutting to her doing interviews, like, post, and she's like, yeah, I don't actually like spice. Like, I don't put hot, like, sometimes I put a little bit of hot sauce on stuff, but, like, it's very rare. I'm like, then what the fuck are you doing with your life? Like, she likes pain? <laughs> yeah, apparently, and she, she literally, she, after one of the competitions that, that they show her do, um, she's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I, I, I can't do anything for 36 hours, I'm just gonna be in excruciating pain. I'm like, What? And on top of that, she's one of those people that have too many taste buds. So all of this shit actually hits her more. Like, but so there are two guys in this show that when they're talking about these peppers, they're talking about on the way that like drug addicts talk about drugs. Like the one guy literally goes, I have this, this million Scoville pepper here. Do any of you guys want to, want to try it? Um, and he's like, I'll do one with you, but I'm not doing it alone. Like it legitimately felt like a drug dealer trying to like convince somebody to like do drugs. <laughs> And it was, yeah, it was, it was insane. And like some of these guys, like they're just walking around, just like picking up these peppers and just eating them yeah. and like, like nothing. But like once you get like 10, 15 of them in you, like that's when it starts hitting you. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like, oh man, just, and it, it's a 10 episode show. It, it's hilarious to watch. It's totally worth like putting on for just the absolute bullshit of it. Hearing this story has given me heartburn. Yeah. They, so there was one there was one woman who like she also like bread and, and everything that like hot peppers, but like she was looking more to make like sauces and stuff. And like I got the impression her sauces were super hot, but like they were flavorful. So it's one of those like a drop of it is more than enough to flavor something. But like she was in it more to make something that was like tasty versus something that is just going to rip your insides to shreds. Mm-hmm. Um I it was either the the last episode or the second to last. Like three or four of these people got invited by Church's Chicken to um 
to basically try and like create like a new dipping sauce for them. Because apparently the 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 current CEO of Church's Chicken, his teenage son is really into hot peppers and like watches all these YouTubers. <laughs> okay. So he he kind of like prodded his dad to introduce like a like a hot sauce for the fucking chicken that was their own and wasn't like purchased from like another company. I'm like, That's great. Yeah, th- like this whole thing is just absolutely insane. And yeah, it was. We couldn't stop watching it. Like we watched all ten episodes across two days. Yeah. People like spice. People like spice. Except for the lady that is like the best one at it. <laughs> she she likes something about spice. She might not like the spicy foods, but she likes something about it. She yeah. likes something about it. But yeah, I th- it was just crazy. Like like one dude, he got so sick and like like he got sick during competition and was like so out of it. He looked like he was drunk or high. And he was literally taking like Dippin' Dots ice cream and he poured it all over the top of like a trash can at a convention and started like licking it off the lid. And like it wasn't like a you could you could see on his face. It wasn't like a like a thing he did intentionally. It was like he, he just he didn't know where he was or what he was doing. Like he spilled it, realized he spilled it, realized he didn't have the um the fine motor controls to do anything about it and just leaned into it because he needed something to alleviate the pain. I'm like that's that's not worth it. No, like, that's dumb. That's dumb. All, like, all you're you gonna get, you're gonna you're gonna die if you do stuff like that too much. Yeah, all you get is like a really kind of cheap looking wrestling style like championship belt. I think there was no talk of like cash prizes or anything. But yeah, wild show, wild show. And yeah, super hot is what it was called on uh, on Hulu. It's ten episodes. They're like thirty five minutes a piece. Yeah, but rich. Why don't you tell uh, us about it? Why don't you tell us a little bit about Enshrouded or Enshrouded? Enshrouded, Enshrouded. Yes, there's there's the ED Enshrouded. Um, so yeah, Enshrouded is an open world crafting survival esque game. However, this one is more similar in the lines of like, um, uh, uh, uh Grounded, where y- you can only have I think it's max four players, maybe more. I can't remember. But, like, the world is based, your world and progression is, or your progression is based on story, and your character progression is primarily based on story. So you get skill points and things like that as you complete different uh, in-game, like, story points and objectives. Uh, For instance, when I played, uh, I played for, I think, from 6.30 till about 10.30, so about four hours. I got one level up excluding so technically i got two but you get you go from level one to two by just completing the tutorial so i got one level up from two to three in the three out in the four hours i played but then i beat the boss and got an additional four skill points so like your skill progression is based strict solely on like completing quests and side quests and objectives in game and not specifically like leveling and 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 uh getting and and up and uh yeah getting experience um it, it takes place in this world where uh the, the this this smoke or this uh shroud of of um fog has covered over a good portion of the world and when in, you can only be inside it for so long before you you die um and there's like this magic this magic flame that you can uh place throughout the world that will keep the shroud away and your goal is to try to rid the world of the shroud um crafting is very smooth very good probably some of the best crafting since like valheim um the the game itself is fun the combat is fun 
I feel like I need to play it with a controller because it's just it's, it's just one of those games where I feel like combat would feel a lot better and a lot smoother with controller. Because for instance, to dodge out of the way, hitting control to dodge out of the way just doesn't work for me. It doesn't. I I need to hit like B or something because like putting my, sending my pinky down to hit control just doesn't work. Um, some of the things that they do a little awkward. Uh, to you can have two belt slots or two sets of belts. So you can have like all your weapons in one set and then on your other set you can have all your healing items or food or things like that. To change that is cl- hitting uh, alt. Specifically left alt. So like oh, there were but- times where I was like trying to dodge but I was accidentally hitting the left alt button with my pinky because I'm trying to dodge and move away from the enemy while fighting them and then I kept switching my, my belt. So like I need to respec my controls or just try playing with controller. I'm sure it'll feel fine. Does fun it have with controller. controller support? I'm I'm guessing it does. I'm hoping it does. I mean, if it doesn't, it doesn't. It's not a big deal. I can get by. Um, I'll just try not to fight things close range and only use uh, long range. Um, the uh, the good thing about this is not like a normal survival game where food makes you survive, where if you don't eat, you lose health or you die. In this one. Food is a buff. So if you eat cooked meat, you get more health. But you have that more health for, say, a half hour. Then once a half hour goes goes away, that health buff disappears. And you have to eat more meat, more cooked meat to get that health buff. Cooked mushrooms will give you more, um, what was it, more magic damage. Cooked, or, or carrots, eating carrots will give you more ranged damage. Uh, corn will give you more strength, things like that. So, like, eating isn't necessary, but it helps you buff your character, which uh, is very similar to how Valheim did it. Um, the whole world is voxel-based, so you can you can destroy everything. Um, you can you can break everything down. You can craft your home. You can craft or build your base underground if you wanted to. Um, it's completely up to you. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. That's not what I want to do. That's not my kind of play style, so I don't do that. Uh, one of the cool things, or the interesting things that they do is, um, in normal crafting games, say for instance in Power World or or whatever, when you cra- when you when you're building a base and you place your base block, you're pace- placing it on top of something. Um, if you were to build like a foundation block, that foundation block starts at the ground and goes up. Well, since this is voxel-based game, if you're placing a foundation block that's say four by four and you're placing it on the ground, and it's flat on the ground, it is a 4x4x4. Four by four by four. It is a cube. And so if you pull that cube up, you just made a hole in the ground. Which I'm like, that's... I've never seen a game do that, but that's also cool. However, you don't get the materials... Say, so you don't get the dirt for placing your, your, your thing down on the ground. Which I feel like they should have done that. Because then it means if you're upgrading your, your house... Right now I have a wood house. If I wanted a stone house or a metal house or something, I'm not going to get my wood back if I'm replacing the the metal or whatever next tier that I'm placing over the stone house is. So that's that's a little little annoying, a little frustrating. Um, crafting is based on finding other survivors in the game. And so in order to unlock the Iron Age or the Metal Age, you need to find the blacksmith, which is the first person you find. Then you place them in the world, and then they give you a quest to build them a house and build them a shelter. You do that. And then you can use them to craft the different uh, whatever whatever crafting that they do. You can use them for that. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's really cool. If you like these kinds of games, it's a really cool game. It's really fun. Um, it is an early access. Um, so like, be prepared to for for major updates and overhauls. I don't think this is going to be. I don't think this is at a point where I think Power World is where it's possible you're going to lose your save and things like that. Because this game has an actual storyline to it. And so they're going to try to update it and fix it so that you don't lose your progress. Because I would hate to be at the end of the game and then it's like, oh, here's an update. By the way, you can't play your character anymore. That would be bullshit. Yeah, that would actually really suck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, the combat is, is it's good. Like I said, I, it's probably better on controller. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, the, the world just looks beautiful. It looks really cool, and I'm just, I'm super, super excited. Like, I, I had tweeted about this, and, like, I was looking forward to Enshrouded before I was looking forward to Power World, and I had been looking forward to Enshrouded more. So, like, I was excited for Power World, and I was happy that it came out on Game Pass, but Enshrouded came out a week later, and that has sold just as much, I think, or close to, the same amount as Power World. That's actually impressive. Or some maybe I'm wrong. It, it sold a couple million copies or something like over the weekend or something. I mean, like that. Power I World sold a lot more than a couple, but still, yeah. But like, like a million copies of a game like that in a weekend yeah. is is impressive. Yeah, like Power World is definitely going to be the 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 game that everyone's talking about. Power World is the new Elden Ring, at least for me. I am seeing so many of my streamers, video uh, or, or YouTube channels, they're all playing Power World. And I'm like, that game is absolutely fine. And it is an enjoyable game. But Enshrouded, to me, is, is is probably a little bit better. There's a bunch of different weapon styles and weapons that you can get. Like, I found a giant mace. I found a giant axe. Um, there's, there's magic. No Pokemon. I, I, you know what? That's fine. Because um, in this, there's a, a, a sphere grid. So that's better. Like, there's an actual skill progression system in this game, which you don't see a lot in open world games you don't see like skill-based progression it's usually just equipment-based progression so like you just have to get better equipment to be able to fight the stronger enemies this one it like like it even gives you like tracks that you can go for instance i'm probably leaning more towards the battle mage track so using wands and things like that and shields and 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 different magic abilities i haven't i found a magic staff i haven't figured out how to use it yet um you gotta say the magic words yeah, I mean, I I click it up and it's like you don't have any charges. You need to you need to have charges, and I'm like, well, I don't know how to make charges, so I haven't gotten the the mage person yet to to help me with magic, which is it's fine. Like that's the progression of the game. Um, the character progression and game progression is based on the world. So and it's it's personal servers or like it's it's like it's your save file. So when I load up the game on Sunday, when I play it again, say Drew, you want to play. You're going to be joining the world, and you're going to have all the progression as of where I'm at in the world. So you'll have those bonus four skill points for me having killed the first boss. Because it is based on the world. It is not based on your own personal progression, because doing events in the game changes the world. Killing the boss cleared out some of the shroud at a certain point. So they can't have the shroud for you, but not for me, when it's like my save file, or my game file. Mm -hmm. If you want to start new... You can start new, and I'd have to join in with you from a blank slate. Um, you know, it, it's yeah. funny. Um, you were saying that, like, y- you have been seeing a lot of Power World, like, on, like, different, like, feeds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It just shows how different, like, the algorithms are for people. Because, um, like, not just in YouTube, just, like, across the board. 
I other than you, I think I've only seen like one or two places really like talk about Power World or like have any content related to it in any real way. And it was all like that week that it released. Like this week, I haven't seen it anywhere. So here's the thing: like Game Ranks, they have had at least six Power World videos since it released, and, and like they're they're just a, a listicle video. Like here's ten best things you can do here. Here's five things that they the game doesn't explain to you, kind of shit. And like I watch all of their videos, or I get updates for all of their videos. They they have had at least five or six videos just surrounding Power World and the different things of do's and don'ts and whatnot. Which is like that's that's where I got of my a lot of my um, Elden Ring information was like when Elden Ring came out, Gameranks was Elden Ring every week. There was at least one Elden Ring video for like four months. And it just it got it's it unfortunately gets, that that is how YouTube works. So that is what they have to do to to get the the clicks and the impressions and the retention and all that stuff. Yeah, I, and when you're like a, a listicle ranking based uh, uh, a channel, and you're known for doing top tens of whatever in gaming, and that's the big thing in gaming. You do top tens this, top tens that, yeah, exactly. Or, bottom 10 worst things that you can experience in Elden Ring kind of shit. So, yeah, I just I just thought it was funny where that like all of the things that you follow like you're seeing it a ton and like yeah, I think I've seen it 3 yeah. times maybe in the last week. Yeah, like I'm even seeing players who gamers who've never played a Pokemon game or gamers who have never played a a survival sandbox game playing this and falling in love with it. And it's like, you know what? Maybe you'll like other games that are that are better. Maybe you should try other other ones then. You might like may or maybe you just like this one because honestly, some of them might just like it because of the people they're playing with, and that's absolutely fine. I liked playing Apex when I had people to play it with. I can't play Apex solo anymore. Cannot do it. Understandably. Um, and and there's other games out there. like when we get into it, Baldur's Gate three. I played it once. I'm never playing it unless I have somebody else to play it with. And it's just there are games out there that like maybe you just find enjoyment of the social aspect of it. And that's probably where a lot of people are with Power World, because there's so many people that have it, so many people are playing it. Uh, also, turns out, I just found this out, um, the Game Pass version of Power World is a slightly older version than the Steam version and Xbox version of Power World. Well, the Game Pass version would be the Xbox version. Uh, yes, but, or, the, the, then it's not the, then it's the Windows version or something well, like that. The, the, the Microsoft Store version, the Windows yeah. Store version, yes. Yeah, yeah. That is the same as the Xbox version, which, yes, is different than the Steam version. But it it's is, like. It's easier to post updates to Steam than any of the other uh, platforms. And, and also, like, Xbox doesn't like early access games. So, like, they had to, they have, yeah, they had to do other things. And that's part what, but it's like, that's. Well, I mean, I guess the Xbox version doesn't need an exit button, um, whereas no, the game. But even, even without that, like, um, there's a there's one of those like sim games that Erica plays called Spirit Tea that mm-hmm. um they were like super upfront about all their stuff, like they like they're they're really good about like posting like their updates, and they were just like, hey, we can only update the Steam version right now. We're gonna wait until we have like basically like enough of a roll up worth of patches yeah. to push it to other platforms because you can't do like micro updates the way you can on steam like you can you can push a patch and then immediately like pull it back if it breaks anything yeah. on a lot of the on every other platform it's not that easy yeah mm-hmm. so and knowing that 
I have since uninstalled Power World because it's like I I'm I'm not gonna I know more people that have gotten it on Steam than have played it on Game Pass that had Game Pass active or, or access to them, and so I'm like if I'm gonna get this I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it, but I'm not buying it until it's like a more complete game. Which makes sense, and like using Game Pass as a well, let me see if I just like the style of this game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Enshrouded is is good. I like it. I like the art style. I think the world is very beautiful. Um, check out my stream from yesterday, which was the thirtieth. Um, if you want to like see my initial and base thoughts and how beautiful I think the world is, there was one point that I'm just walking out over a cliff right on like the starter plateau while I'm building my base, and I just look out and I see this red and blues and it's nighttime, and I'm just like, this is a very very pretty game. I like it. I like it a lot. And and I'm excited to play more of it, but I mean, it's not going to be a mainstay on my stream, uh, but I am going to play it again this Sunday before I start jumping into other games. But it is it's it's a it's it's a fun game. If you guys like these type of games, I would say hey, you should definitely play it. Like it is less grindy and uh, and open worldy and crafty than most other open world crafting games. Like I said, food does not matter. You don't have to eat. It just buffs you. But then like you have things like and and this was something I was complaining about on on Tuesday when I was playing it to craft say to to make 15 charcoal. You need like 17 logs and like 3 dirt and 5 minutes needs to go by. And so you set these up in the charcoal coal kiln and then you have to wait 5 minutes. You don't sit there and literally wait 5 minutes. You go do other stuff. But I'm like, you know, I don't know how I feel about that because, like, I paid to play this game and I have to sit here and wait. They're locking me back. They're locking me down to, like, get some of this stuff. But, like, after thinking about it, a lot of, like, Valheim does that. Um, Grounded does that where it's, like, you can, to make certain materials and supplies, you need time. But it's just this one just puts it out in the open and, like, right out on, like, on the crafting station. Like, here's how long you've got. Instead of having to go into the menu and see how long you've got. Which, like, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like it. I'm going to play more of it. I'm going to maybe try to do another boss or two when I play it again on Sunday. It's going to be a little bit of a long stream on Sunday. Like, they have been just not as... Either not running as long or as late or not starting as early as I have been. Um, but I'm, I am going to play it more. And I can't wait to play it more. It's, 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 a, it's a good game. It's a good game. And like I said, I'm just excited about like an actual like sphere grid style skill system. Which, from what you said, that's rare in those games. In those games, it is absolutely rare. Like the one uh, Seven Days to Die is just like you add points to different tiers in your thing. So like you go to intelligence, and then you pick what you want to level up in intelligence. Um, in Valheim, your attributes and skills increase based on the weapons and items you're using which personally i like that more than just a skill point system in general i like the action skill system because then it pushes you to use the weapons you want to use like you may get stuck using swords for a long time and you're super good with swords but if you find a cool weapon that you found like it makes sense that you're not as strong with that weapon that you've never used before and not just oh here's Five skill points that I just haven't been allocating right now. Let's boost my skill, my 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 spear ability because I have never used a spear before, and let's get awesome at it. Um, in grounded doesn't even have skill points. Uh, arc doesn't have skill points. They have um, 
and Power World is the same. That no skill points. It's um you you unlock uh, blueprints to be able to craft different things like crafting different foundations and walls and floors or different weapons and things like that. And a lot of these games' progression is based on just what kind of weapon you're using. A stone sword, a metal sword, a, a gold sword, or whatever, this, that. Instead of like, oh, I want to spec myself to be able to heal better, so I'm going to go into the healer track where this game is, which is really cool. Nice. Well, I hope yeah. you continue to enjoy it. Me too. Me too. So, I finally finished Fringe. Finally? You've been watching that for, like, forever. Well, like, we kept, like, we watched, like, a season, and then we'd, like, take a break for a little while, then watch a season, take a break for a little while. Are you telling me you didn't just sit through uh, seven seasons of My Hero Academia in three weeks? No, because I'm not a fucking monster. I just finished my rewatch yesterday. I mean, those are also, what, 20 minutes and fairly light? 22 minutes, yeah. Yeah, these are, um, these are 40, 45 minute episodes, and, you know, like a lot of shit's happening in them usually. And we would in at most we'd watch maybe three a night. Cause like we wouldn't start watching them till like seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, really good show. Totally worth watching. Even 10 years after it's been off the air. Um, weird that it, it's almost like several different shows over the course of its run. Like it, it really evolved itself as things went on. Um, I want to say the first two seasons are very much more like, monster of the week um with like that overarching plot going on and it isn't until like midway even like closer to the end of the second season where they start um really digging into the like the multiversal idea Mm -hmm. where like you kind of find out that and and i guess like full spoilers for for fringe um like you find out like, like there is like a whole nother universe um and it's like the end of that season, um, the main character, Olivia, ends up in that other universe for, for a while. Um, and then, like, the third season starts, and it's a lot of back and forth with that. Like, them figuring out how to get to this other universe, why it's the way it is. You actually learn that the character Peter um, isn't from your universe, your like or from their universe. The main universe, Peter, died as a child. And mm-hmm. Walter, who is uh, John Noble in the show, or I'm, I'm sorry, John Noble is Walter in the show. Um, he, he's, he was a genius or he, he's a little crazy in it, like where the show's at now. Um, he couldn't figure out a cure for whatever was killing his son, but he invented this window to see into like other universes. And it showed this parallel universe that was like close to theirs, but not quite. And it was close enough in that the Peter over there was also sick. Um, but that Walter actually found the cure, but was distracted as he figured out the cure and didn't realize he figured out the cure. He thought it failed again. Mm -hmm. So the Walter from the prime universe actually goes over and steals that Peter with just the intention of curing him and ends up just keeping him afterwards because of through like a series of events. So the other universe is like the Walter over there is basically a bad guy um, because he knows that this other universe is Walter stole his child. (laughs) Jesus. Um, and their world is kind of falling apart because of like the incursion from the other universe. It's like making theirs unstable and their unstableness is now starting to, um, affect like the prime universe. So like, that's like the whole third season is like these worlds are falling apart. Um, and then you finally get to the end of the third season and like most, most of the stuff's kind of okay. Um, 
and they're about to solve all of the bullshit. And then uh, Peter sacrifices himself, basically gets erased from existence. No one really remembers him. And then pops back up in what he assumes is like an, another alternate timeline where he never existed. And he has to convince all these people that he'd grown close to, including his father that he finally had a relationship with, that he, he is him. Mm -hmm. Um, and like the whole fourth season is like this weird back and forth between dimensions. Everyone's getting along where they were all kind of like, um, antagonists to each other before working together. And the characters are all playing multiple versions of themselves. Um, and even inside of the show itself, uh, your prime universe versions refer to their like doppelgangers with like silly names. Like they call the, the other Walter Walternate and they call the other Olivia faux Olivia. Yeah. Um, and like that just sounds like a that sounds like a fandom thing, but they actually use it in the show. Um, and then by the by the final season, the fifth season, um, they jump twenty one years into the future. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Why? And everyone still looks the same, right? So there's a reason. <laughs> um, oh, my God. So in the alternate universe, because of the these um incursions that were happening, that were like basically making their universe unstable. Um they had created this this amber substance that would basically just put whatever was in it in like a suspended animation an animation whether it was um organic or non-organic it just it wouldn't change or decay or age or anything and um our main cast all ambered themselves in 2015 when the th so throughout the whole show there's this group of basically watchers they're these bald guys in suits that just pop up and, and like observe important events throughout history history you find out i think it's in season three or four that they're just from like a couple centuries in the future and they're not aliens or magic or anything they just have advanced technology and they've used that technology to make themselves hyper intelligent and give themselves kind of like superhuman-esque abilities but at the cost of like all emotion so they're very like Mr. Robot sort of sort of people, not the show, yeah. just robotic mm -hmm. people. Um, and they decide that they're going to come back in time and take over the past to make it the way that they think it should have been all along, which is very totalitarian. Um, and so your main cast was all trying to like stop that. And they were finally like about to get caught. So they all just ambered themselves. And it takes 21 years for anyone to like figure out where they were and like dig them out, essentially. And yeah, so like the whole last season is them 21 years in the future. A handful of characters, like Lance Reddick is in the show. Um, his character doesn't get ambered, so he, he they show him as an aged version of his character. Um, and like, he's he's like a guest star in that last season because he's only in, I think, like two or three episodes, maybe four. Mm -hmm. um, so like, they, they do have a few people age like realistically, but for the most part, they just stick to like the core four people in the cast. And they just, yeah, they let them all look the same. It's great. Um, but that whole that whole season is just 20 years in the future with them trying to figure out how to Walter had a plan, but because he's kind of insane and had chunks of his brain taken out when he was younger, um, which is a whole other thing. He's he's just he's scattered and can't keep track of things. And he filmed a bunch of videos with Betamax player um, before they ambered themselves. And so they have to, like, dig out these videos and try and figure out all of his cryptic messages on what his plan was to undo that future it's great i loved it it was weird was not season five was not the best season but it was a lot of fun still mm -hmm. um i'd say like season three was probably the best season 
just because that was the one where it's it stopped just being um monster of the week and like all the monster of the week stuff was actually usually pretty interesting um but season three was the one where they still had like the like the cases each week but that was the one where they actually were jumping back and forth between the two universes so sometimes you'd have your your original people that you'd been following and sometimes you'd have the the alternate versions of them dealing with cases in their world and the thing that they did was so the show is called fringe because they are part of the fringe division of the fbi investigating like weird sciencey bullshit um it's like a four-person team in a basement lab in the prime universe um in the alternate universe because their world is like going to shit it is a major um, government agency that is headquartered at the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, so like there are hundreds of agents. They have like their own like, like vests, like FBI vests and all. So like they deal with totally different cases and they have way more authority than the other team does. So it's interesting to like see them kind of like bounce back and forth and also deal with the weirdness of their world. Like sometimes the, um, the air quality just shits the bed on them and they have to like grab oxygen masks for no apparent reason. Um, sometimes the two universes will start to overlap on each other. And if that does, and, and the people happen to be in the same location as their alternates, they, um, they kind of fuse. Um, so there, there's one episode where a guy basically has his alternate self um, stuck inside of his own chest and they both die because you, you can't live like that. Yeah. But r- really fun show. I, I super enjoyed it. Um, it's, it, I think it is exactly 100 episodes. So if you're looking for like a like a sci-fi kind of drama show um, with, with plenty of humor, like Walter is hilarious because he's very into drugs. Um, he, I think he does drugs in every episode. And when he was younger, he was kind of an asshole and had some very like aggressive ideas on things that they should do with science. And there was some other stuff that had to do with like the dimensions and all. So he had his partner leonard nimoy um surgically remove like two sections of his brain to basically like protect those ideas but it also made him very like forgetful and just like a little bit unhinged but not in like a scary way in like a he just wants to eat licorice and have a good time like Mm -hmm. one of his demands when he agrees to work with with them is to have um a cow in the lab so like a cow in the lab the whole time yeah um and like his the person that works with him the most is like this young FBI agent named Astrid. Um, I think he calls her by her right name like three times in the entire series. Like half the time he refers to her as Astro. I think once he referred to her as Ashtray. And like he, he, you see his face like he's not doing it on purpose. He doesn't know. He's just saying a word that sounds similar because he's like in the zone. Yeah. But yeah, great show. A lot of fun. Worth watching. Go watch it. I mean, even if you don't watch it, like it's not like it's going to get canceled. It already happened. Um, but Are it's you on. Sure? Are yeah. you sure it's not going to get canceled? I mean, like they could bring it back if enough people watch it. Mm, yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's on HBO Max, so it's not like it's it's anywhere crazy. You don't have to buy anything. Like you just have to subscribe to HBO if you don't already subscribe to it. And then um, to wrap up what I've done, I listened to Dave Grohl's book from a couple years ago um, called The Storyteller. Mm-hmm. Have you? Are either of you guys familiar with that at all? No, no. Or just the fact that it ex- exists is I- really what I mean. I think I remember hearing about it coming out, but yeah. So um, I want to say it came out in 2021, maybe 2022. Yeah, um, I know it was it was before Taylor's death. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's basically like it's like it's a memoir. So it's a lot of um, 
Dave Grohl like kind of like telling his story. Um, but a lot of it leans into into music, obviously. Um, like he kind of he takes you through like his musical journey, I guess is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell in, in these stories, like he lo- he he loved music from like the time he was a child and like straight up through like now, like that is the thing that has like kept him going the most. Um, and like the, the early part of the book is it, I, I want to say it's only a few chapters where he's really talking about his early childhood. Um, it very quickly gets into him with um, Scream in like the mid to late 80s into the 90s. And then, like, how that band turned into him drumming for Nirvana. And how, like, Cobain's death led to him kind of doing some stuff that he wouldn't have done otherwise. Like, I, d- I didn't know he um, he drummed for Tom Petty on uh, on Saturday Night Live. Huh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, and, like, just shit like that. And th- that led to the Foo Fighters. And all these, like, weird, th- weird things that happened just just by him kind of seemingly being like a genuinely nice guy, but also, um, also like kind of just being, being in the right place at the right time. Like he was saying, he, he played a show in, I want to say it was the UK and, um, George Harrison's son happened to be there and invited him to a, um, to the memorial for George Harrison. And he like legitimately, like it, it was like Foo Fighters were big enough then, but he was still talking about being that mentality of like, they were nobody like mm-hmm. the 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 two remaining beatles didn't know who the foo fighters were like like shit like that so he expected they were going to have like you know back of the stadium seats um they had like passes to like an after party he thought it was like the like extras after party just like a like a nice gesture thing and he's like no we were like up front and like the party had you know all the performers that performed at the george harrison um tribute including paul and ringo and like he is now like friends with paul mccartney like one of the stories he tells is how paul mccartney kind of like unintentionally taught his daughter how to play piano like like her first piano lesson ever was fucking paul mccartney Mm -hmm. and it was just he saw a piano and just sat down and started playing it and she came over so he like taught her like a little rhythm on the piano um but yeah like it the whole book was like super interesting. I ended up it's not it's not very long either. Like listening to the audiobook, I listened to the whole thing what is today? Wednesday. I listened I started it on Monday and I finished it yesterday. So it like didn't take very long to get through. And especially the early stuff, like like hearing about like touring with Scream and um like the early days of Nirvana or the early days of him in Nirvana and then sort of the collapse of that band and just how big they got and how quickly because like we were so young when nirvana was around like Mm -hmm. i didn't know who nirvana was when kurt cobain died like so like it wasn't it's like it's years later that it's like okay like like i know what happened like i know who nirvana was i know they were big but i didn't realize that they basically went from playing 100 200 room um capacity bars to playing arenas over the span of like a couple months and like that just that led to Kurt, um, Kurt Cobain, like his spiral and eventual suicide. And like it, it, it was it was crazy to to say the least. Um, and even um, even like how the Foo Fighters, like some of the stories he would tell about the Foo Fighters and some of like just the weird things that they would get um, attached to. Like they played an Ozfest at one point, like the Foo Fighters. Yeah. <laughs> And like even even in the book, he's like, I don't know why we were why they asked us to play this. He's like, I actually asked him if they were sure they knew who we were when they asked us to play it, because like that was 
that was like the 90s Ozfest, so it was like all metal bands. It so like later on the, that Ozfest started like branching out a little bit more, but like this was like the year that like like Ozzy obviously played like Pantera, Megadeth, like a bunch of like metal metal bands, and then the Foo Fighters with. I want to say the out uh, the color and the shape might have been the only album they had out at that point. Yeah, I, probably. It was either just that album or that album and the one after it. Um, but like, yeah, great, lot, lot of fun stories. Um, well worth uh, either getting it from a library, buying the book, um, getting an Audible trial to get the, one of the free audiobook you get when you get the Audible trial, and uh, and listen to it. Cool. Yeah. Except for, except for you, Rich, you you wouldn't like it. I don't know. I might be a little bit more interested in this than the other one because I know who Dave Grohl is and I like his stuff. <laughs> so it yeah. might be. Int- uh, so the if you if you got the audiobook, it's almost um, it's it's all him. Like he is actually telling the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the nice things that they can't obviously you can't do in the uh, in the, the the print book is there's um there's music in it. So like between chapters and between sections, um, it like there's actual like music accompaniment, like not not long tracks or anything like that, but just like interludes and stuff like that. And generally, the the music fits whatever kind of era he's talking about. That's um, true. yeah, and so, like some of his delivery and stuff like that. Also, I don't think would it wouldn't come out the same in like on the page. Like it just like. Because he's talking about it firsthand, you know, like, so he he can kind of, uh, like, emphasize certain things. He can scream if something, like, if he's talking about, like, a moment at a show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, even, like, doing accents. Like, because uh, he talks about when he fell off the stage and broke his leg. Um, and he's talking about how, like, the, I, I want to say it was, like, um that happened in the Netherlands, I think, right? Maybe? I don't know why I'm asking right. you guys, like, you would definitely know. Um. But yeah, so like the the doctor that tried to help him was Dutch, and so every time he he was referring to the doctor, he would talk with like a Dutch accent, and um, he's just like, yeah, the 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 guy just came and stood on stage with me and held my foot in its socket while I finished the concert. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, which so I I didn't realize that was the story. Like I knew he broke his leg. I thought they had actually like casted it. And then he came back out and did the the rest of the concert. Like I knew he finished the concert, but to know that like he just had them like basically like carry him back out on stage. The doctor literally held his foot in the socket for him until like a cast got there. They put the cast on on stage and he just kept playing the whole time. Like Mm -hmm. that is a level level of fucking dedication. Um, The only other kind of funny thing that like stands out, um, I don't know why either of you would have ever done this, but have either of you ever seen videos of him talking about kind of his style of playing guitar? No, uh, not guitar. I've seen videos of him talking about his style of playing drums. Yeah. So, I mean, that is also funny. Apparently his style of playing drums is just beat it as hard as you fucking can. Well, um, that, and he stole like a lot of the beats from like disco. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, he, he explains in the book that he, he practiced drumming on pillows at home. <laughs> so in order to get sound out of pillows you really had to hit them so when he started playing actual drum sets he would just fucking wail on them and just destroy the drum heads and stuff um but so in in a lot of videos if you watch videos of dave Grohl like talking about writing a song um he talks about the guitar as a drum set he's constantly like 
I think of this string as like a, like a like the snare or as or the hi hat or the bass. Um, and if I remember correctly, the the low E string, so like the the lowest string on a guitar, is not what he thinks of as a bass of the of, of the bass drum. Um, but so I, he's done it in like three or four different videos I've seen that were all filmed years apart. It's just it's his go to description for mm. for this stuff. Um, apparently, his first instrument was guitar, though. Like he started playing guitar as a, as a young child, and then played okay. drums afterwards. So the fact that like drums had such an impact on him that he then in as an adult plays a guitar as a drum set is just very funny. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Good book. Good book. Definitely worth checking out. Um Yeah. So Rich. Yes. Tell us about Boulder's Gate 3. Boy, boy, that game. 130 hours. 130 hours for one playthrough. For nice. a single playthrough um telling you drew I'm telling you just just one or two concerts just don't go to one or two concerts you got Baldur's Gate. but i gotta beat 34 this year i have to go to at least 35 i you but 130 hours yeah but 35 concerts is like 130 hours yeah you, but that's I, i'm telling exactly you're <laughs> the price of two concerts is the same as 35 concerts just telling you. Just go see um, Jersey Calling like 20 times. All their concerts are like $15 or less. I mean, that's true. But yeah, Baldur's Gate, um, it, it, is, it is good. I can, I can understand it being game of the year. Right? With, with a, the amount of choices, content, playable content, things like that in there. The amount of differences that your, your, that your choices can make. Um, I can totally understand it being game of the year. Um, I don't see myself playing this game again anytime soon outside of being with other friends because it's just, it was a slog to get through. It is a very long ass fucking game and it can be the, the, the dice gods can just be so mean to you sometimes like, so, like terribly mean to you. There are roles that there's no reason for you to lose that you're going to roll a nat one and then use an inspiration to re-roll and roll another nat one. And it's just that the game will hate you sometimes. I mean, have you thought about um, just getting better at dice? I, th- th- you can only have one kind of dice. You can only have one dice at a time. So, like, you can't even put a dice in dice jail and get a new dice. You, like, you just can't. The game just forces you to one dice. You're, you're, stuck to how, you're stuck to the game dice. And that's it. You can't just roll your own dice and tell the game that's what you rolled. Yeah, but what if you were better with it? I'm, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just clicking a button. Just clicking a button. Um, what if you clicked the buttons better? I there's, there's no better way to click the buttons than just click. You got to time it, man. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I. I guess it has to be within like ten seconds of the screen showing up, and not twelve. Maybe I'll be rolling better. Who knows? Um, but like the story, story is it was very good. Uh, it was, but like you don't really get the full feeling of the story till the end of chapter two the first two chapters is really just you being like all right i want to heal this tadpole that's in my in my head and try to figure out and understand why i have a tadpole in my head um and then like midway to the end of chapter two is when you start to find out who your guardian is and then you start to uncover history about your guardian um who from this point on will be known as the emperor because that's his name once you find out who your guardian is um wait so eventually that is the guardian the secondary character you create yeah 
Who the fuck is that secondary character you create? You you haven't played enough to meet them. So you do meet them eventually, though. Yes. Yes. Okay, that's what you, okay. You would have met them probably your second or third long rest if you haven't met them already. But technically, you have already met them. Uh, remember when you're falling from the uh, Nautiloid at the very beginning of the game before you reach ground, and like you float a little bit and then land, and yes. a voice you hear a voice that is your guardian. Um, okay, that is that is the emperor who you find out who it is later on. But this that, is going to be it's the secondary uh, character you you create is what I'm saying. Yes, it is a non-playable okay. character. It is yeah, yeah. it is an NPC. Oh, uh, I, you know, I understand. I said that poorly. Like, like yeah. once you make your character, it asks you to make that other character at the same time. I'm just gonna put this out here right now. This is gonna be spoiler talk. Like, I don't care at this point. It is this game has been out for six months? We are spoiling this game, um, or at least options of this game. They're gonna be spoiled. They're, you're gonna hear some spoilers. Um, so, like, you play through the game, and you don't really have... Your goal is to figure out how to get rid of the tadpole that's in your brain. Um, and then it turns into, oh, this whole big story about who the, the Absolute, which is just, like, a side mention in the first act. And then the second act is when it's like, oh, the Absolute is actually a big deal, and we need to deal with this, which is, like, a new cult that's, that's rising. And you're like, well, how is this a new cult coming about? Why aren't the gods doing anything about it? Well, the gods are fucking lazy. Of course they are. They're assholes. They could do shit. They just don't. They want everyone else to do shit for them. Because fuck you, gods. Um, this is D&D for you. Uh, um, you then you, you deal with Act 2, and you, you fight uh, J. Jonah Jameson, um, and you find out that he is one of the avatars of of uh of of one of the big bad three gods and you learn the plot of what the absolute is which is an elder brain which an elder brain for Cobb and maybe drew you might know what an elder brain is though uh, an elder brain is uh pretty much the the central nexus of any mind flares and so mind flares are are a um what is that what is that term where like everything's connected all their minds are one a hive mind yeah, yeah. Uh they're a hive mind. Excuse me, I am not feeling good, so my words not there. Um uh they're a hive mind, and so the elder brain is where all the minds are connected from and controls basically all of the the uh mind flares. So it turns out that the big three gods captured an elder brain by putting a crown on them and took control of it. And that's how the absolute came to be. And they're trying to use this to their advantage by having their avatars, which was a character named Gortash, character named Orin, and um, I can't remember the other character's name, but it's uh, it, it's J. Jonah Jameson. Um, that's his voice actor, at least. Um, he uh, they they are they're trying to attack Baldur's Gate using this Elder Brain for their benefit of being able to control Baldur's Gate and, and, and shit like that. And, like, the story just goes wild. And it, it's really good. But, like, I just, I have, I have some gripes. Like, for instance, you you could transform at any time, quote, is what they're saying. You could turn to a Mind Flayer at any time. And time is of the essence. And we need to make sure we get things done in in a reasonable amount of time so that like this mind this that this elder brain doesn't destroy Baldur's Gate. But you can you can long rest after every fight and not 
cause an issue. As long as you have the supplies, you can long rest after every fight. You can use all of your resources, all of your heavy hitting spells, every fight, go back, long rest, and come back, and everything will be fine. Now, there's areas where you can't go back to camp from, but you can just leave those areas, go to camp, and then go back into those spots, and none of the enemies would have respawned. Because there's no respawning, because you killed them already. And it's been 8 to 16 hours since you did this, depending on the time of day that you did your thing that you did. And now, like, uh, no one moved. Everyone just stood there. And, and, like, to me, I'm like, that just that doesn't work. It doesn't work. Well, so there are because- other instances, though, where if you go and, and rest, um, things do progress and you, you'll miss out on certain things. Yeah, minimally, though. Like, it's, it's like, if you... For instance, if, uh, I think, I don't know if this is exactly what could happen, but say Asterion gets kidnapped from his, his vampire owner, um, and you long rest too many times, he'll achieve his objective and Asterion will just be dead and you won't have Asterion again. So like, there are certain points where maybe that does affect things, but overall, I've, I didn't run into any situations but I, I also didn't long rest that off. I went into some fights that I was ill-prepared for that I probably shouldn't have gone into some of these fights with. But, like, they're, they're, I, and I've heard some people say, like, oh, they took too long to do this or that because they long rested too many times. And, like, a minor thing happened. And so, like, there's nothing, they, they didn't get to experience it or something like that. It's not, like, no major events. As long as you also, specifically, as long as you have not activated that quest, those events are not going to happen until you activate the quest. And that, that makes sense. Like, especially ma- main story quests, like they don't want you to miss the yeah. main content. So like, you can't, you, you can't run out of content by, by long rest. Like I ran into more issues with completing certain quest points before doing other things that I missed out on content. than I did long resting too many times. Um, for instance, like I I missed out on a whole map section and a whole set of quest lines in Act Two because I did the Shar stuff, the Temple of Shar stuff, um, and and freed the Night Song before I went to these things, and so I missed a whole quest line. I missed rescuing a bunch of characters because of that. Um, I'm just, yeah, it's it like I like there. It, it was it's a funny thing. I was watching a, a short. And somebody from Larian Studios, uh, somebody had asked them, why was there no dispel magic in the game? And their response was, it would have added uh, at least 100 gigs worth of changes that could happen in the game if we had dispel magic. We thought about it. We wanted it. But it would have added so much more time and data into the game just for the choices you could have made with dispel magic. However... I had to. I was doing Asterian, who's the vampire, vampire daddy's quest line. I was doing his quest line, and there's a situation where you run into the big bad vampire bad guy, and he does magic and pulls Asterian to him and starts casting a ritual. At no point do I get an option to do anything like a counter spell or to attack him before he does this. He just does it. So like. Where's my options for that? And there's a couple of other options that I'm missing out on that I feel like they really dropped the ball on. So one specifically I'll get to in a second, but like 
there were times where I'm like, no, that's not what I wanted to do here. That's not what I meant here when I did this. This is me personally. I meant this, but they only coded in two set of two sets of possibilities and nothing else. And you can't change that, which it's like you met like, here's the thing I thought was the worst part. So your guardian, the person you create mm-hmm. again, full on spoilers turns out to be a mind flayer known as the emperor. The Emperor used to be a human that lived in Baldur's Gate and worked, lived and, and controlled basically the underground. You find out that, that like they got turned into a mind flare, but were disconnected from the brain and from the hive mind and had their own thoughts. And so they continued to be the Emperor, or they became the Emperor after becoming a mind flare to help protect the city of Baldur's Gate. At one point, you also find out that it's not just a, a random person. You find out depending on the quest line you go on, that the Emperor was Baldurin himself, the founder of Baldur's Gate. You, oh. So you are, you are dealing with the Emperor the entire game. And you are given the option that, like, oh, at, at, in Act 3, it's like, try to get as many allies as you can. Get all the allies you can, because you're going to have this big war fight that you need to do against the, el- the Elder Brain, the final boss. And so my thought process is, was... What the in the artifact that the emperor is in is what's keeping you from turning, which was a Githyanki prince who had the power to keep people from turning because Githyanki and mind flayers do not mer- what like Githyanki and mind flayers are sworn enemies against each other. And so the emperor or Baldurin wants to use this prince and read feed feed off of him, eat his brain. And take over the 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 elder brain or the, uh, yeah the um the the hive mind and stop everything. That's what he says he wants to do. This is what I'm led to feel be told he, that he wants to do. But we need to rally up our forces, and we can free this prince if we want to by breaking his chains, completing a quest line for another character, as well as gaining more allies and going and fighting. But the emperor's like, no, he's going to kill us right away. And you can turn around and be like, yeah, but we need more people. But you just make the choice, like, I'm going to free him. So instead of the Emperor sitting here and being like, instead of you being able to be like, look, I understand your concern, but we need more help, and he is going to help us, and his people will help us. Let's free him. It's, look, we're going to free him. And he's like, I've been with you all this time. I helped you. I saved you. I thought you trusted me. If you're not with me, I'm going to join the bad guys. And just, an ultimatum. Leaves. just leaves. If you decide to free the, the Githyanki prince, he's like, if you're not with me, then I'm not with you and I'm going to join the bad guys, even though this entire time I was here to stop the bad guys. And you find out seconds before that, that he was being contr- like misled. And this plan by the Elder Brain, which is now known as Another Brain, was the Netherbrain's plan the entire time, including using the Emperor to get us to this point and having the Emperor like advise us to get to this point. But he wasn't part of the Emperor. like He wasn't a hive mind of the Emperor. The Emperor was just pushing the story that way. Or the, the, the brain was pushing the story that way or pushing everyone that way, including the Emperor. And he's like, oh, well, you know what? You're not here. You don't trust me, I guess. So I'm going to join the bad guys even though I was here with you the whole time and I don't agree with the bad guys. 
that makes no sense. But like, it's not that I didn't trust him. It's I wanted more people to fight with us. But I didn't get that option. I didn't get that dialogue option. There's no dialogue option for that, which to me is a missed opportunity right there. Because that was part of the end game was to gather your forces. And it makes no sense that he just like, all right, if you're not with me, I'm going to be against you. It's not if you're not with me or against me. It's if you're not with me, I'm going to the bad guys, which makes zero fucking sense to me. I don't know that I, I like it. I, I, I know I you're probably kidding, but like it, 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 it makes zero sense. It makes absolutely zero sense. Well, stop looking for sense in your games. No, but that's the thing. Like this is a game based on D and D. So you're, it is a game made for options and choices, and all of your choices matter, and all of your choices will change things. And that character is obviously chaotic evil. But his, his he's, I would say he's more lawful. He, he's not chaotic evil. I, I would not say he's a chaotic evil character. He was, he was trying to save Baldur's Gate. He was from Baldur's Gate. He went, he founded Baldur's Gate. He did not want the destruction of Baldur's Gate. So if you're not with him, he's going to destroy Baldur's Gate. If one person says, hey, we need more help, he's going to destroy Baldur's Gate. It's, he's a child is what he is. He's just an, an emotionless he, child. Or, sounds or, like or, a D&D player to me. No, nah, like, yeah. it's just, it, it, that, that frustrated me so much. I was like, that's not at all what I was trying to do by freeing this guy. And like, y- you, you, you. You missed an opportunity to have him join and to have a fun conversation uh, 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 challenge where everyone, where it's everyone, including the Emperor, including the Githyanki, versus the, uh, the hive mind. Because if you don't side with the Emperor, then you either have a choice of yourself becoming a, a, um, a mind flare or the Githyanki prince becoming a mind flare. Those are your only two options at that point. Because you need a Mind Flayer's abilities and strengths to control the crown to stop the, the, the Nether Brain because he's too strong now. So the end game literally turned into me have because I became the, 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 the Mind Flayer. The end game turned into me having the most powerful abilities of all time and like was basically undefeatable. Fighting other Mind Flayers who could barely function. You're saying these things like they're bad. This sounds great. It, it was like the final sequence is good, but I was a level 12 bard and I didn't use a single bard spell that entire final sequence. Well, that's because bards suck. Bards don't suck. Bards are great. Everyone, everyone who are doing their solo runs are playing as multi-class three levels into general something else. I don't know. And the other nine in bard. Everyone who's doing their solo runs is using a, a, a College of Swords bard for their just, multi-class. Yeah, but so they're not playing just bards, though. But they, they you need the bard abilities in order to solo run this, is what people are saying. Like, bard bard is great. Bard is super strong. Bard is an awesome class to play as. But, like, I didn't do any bard shit. I got to do no bard shit during the final sequence. And I'm like, it's kind of a little bummer. And then this prince, who's supposed to be the greatest of all time... Uh, and like the most powerful Githyanki warrior ever couldn't hit a single thing the entire fucking end sequence. Like, how are you supposed to save the Githyanki people if you can't even punch a fucking mind flare in the tentacles? Um, but besides that, 
besides like that, just like super weird, like un uninteresting plot sequence right there. Um, or not uninteresting, but un un unexpected and just weird twist. Like just un like there's no explanation for that twist at all. Unless that was his goal the whole time was to turn on you and become the uh, supreme ruler, and that's why he changed. I don't. Who knows? Who knows the 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 reasoning behind it? Um, the game was having some glitch issues as I was playing it, especially later on. Um, Which I, I feel like I've heard other people say that like there are just some bugs in the game. Uh, there was one point um, where I had rescued Will's dad. Um, and he was upset that he didn't get to rescue, that his dad wasn't, was dead, even though his dad was standing five feet away from him. Um, and then having, going, talking to his dad, being like, hi, dad, I'm happy you're alive. Like, this makes no sense why this happened. Um, and then they added in, like, the most recent big patch, when they added honor mode, they added, like, an epilogue sequence. After you beat the game, you meet back up, like, six months later at camp, and you're just having... You're catching up with each other. Um, and if you go the Mind Flayer route, like I did, at some point throughout your life, you're going to start craving brains. You're going to start be turning more into a Mind Flayer. And um, so I'm, like, floating around talking to everyone. At one point, I go talk to Jahira, and the game glitches out and thinks that I am Lizelle. And explains how, like, Lizelle arriving to the camp and everything like that. Which I'm like, that's not me. I'm not Lizelle. And it's showing my Mind Flayer body. And then the other thing, and this isn't a glitch, but this is a little frustrating. I didn't get to talk to everyone in the epilogue. Because I went and talked to Minsk. Um, and or Does it like out- do that, like, ends the game so you can't talk to everybody else? No, well, no. Um, I went to go talk to him, not knowing that if you go talk to him as a mind flayer, you're gonna want to eat his brains because he's an idiot, and you want to prove to everyone that he's an idiot. And so you need to roll a wisdom check to not eat his brains. And of course, dice gods are against me, and I had no wisdom because I'm a fucking bard that doesn't need wisdom. I roll. A 14 out of 15, and I get into combat with him while at camp. I kill him, and then they throw me out of camp, and I didn't get to finish talking to everybody. That sucks. Which, that's bullshit. Like, I talked to most people, I believe. Maybe he was the last person I had to talk to. I don't know. I feel like there was somebody else, one or two people I didn't talk to. Maybe he was the last person, and that's why that happened. I don't remember. But, like, I just... That's... that. That was a very maybe that's the actual thing. Like if you are the mind flayer, once you talk to everybody, the last person you talk to, yeah, you lose control and it sends you out. Yeah, I who knows, but like overall, like the game is very good. The game, a lot of choices do matter, and like a lot of the things you do throughout the game, like they bring back later, and, and it's it's interesting. It's good. I like how they put it together. Um, I just I can't see myself dedicating. 130 hours into it, and um, 72% of players who have ever played this game also can't see themselves dedicating that much time into it. (laughs) 18.7% of players have achieved finish the game. In six months, less than 20% of people who have played this game have beaten it. I mean, that's not surprising. It's a really big game. Yeah, but like I said, there's people who are sitting there on their third or fourth playthrough. And and this game has been out for six months, and like they've beaten it recently, and then 
beaten it again recently. Because, look, if you skip all the cutscenes and skip all the dialogue, it's not going to be that long. Look, I mean, there is a, there's like a 30-minute speedrun of that game. Exactly. Well, is that the new 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 speedrun or old speedrun? Oh, I don't know. There, I think that might that may have actually been the sex percent speedrun. No, there was there was a speedrun that was a thirty minute speedrun of the game when it was still in early access. Um, oh, that's right. That was early access. Well, let's see. Yeah, because that was run. like three or four years ago, two or three years ago, something like that. Let's see. That's not how you spell this game at all. B A L B L D U R. There we go. Let's see. So. Any percent right now is three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the um, that's the the top time. Um, any yeah. percent all acts. So I don't know what the difference is. Like it doesn't so, it doesn't break into it. Um, but I, that... I can tell you the difference in a second. Okay, yeah. W- what is it? Well, uh, uh, so you can technically beat the game in Act Two um, by um, one of your characters, Gale. He can. He's basically a nuke. He has the power of the magic, the all of the magic in his body. Um, and throughout Act One, you have to give him magic items for him to absorb to not blow up. Oh, he's um, the one in, that you pull out of the portal, right? Yes. In Act Two, he gets told by his goddess or by the goddess Mistra to use that ability, the the, the orb that he has within his body, to defeat the elder to stop the the absolute. And by doing that, you blow up. It's a total party kill, but it is a technical... It is an ending of the game. You technically beat the game at the end of Act 2. You completely miss out on Act 3 entirely. Because everybody dies when he does that. Like, your party dies. Your main characters die. So, that's... I'm That's part of any percent, I'm assuming, is beating the game right there by having him blow up. Oh, and I'm sorry. Yeah, I think you're right, because I definitely read this wrong. Um, I thought it said three hours. So any percent in general, which is just like whatever it takes to beat the game, three minutes is is the, the time. Three um, minutes? Yeah, three minutes. Well, three minutes and 31 seconds. How? I don't fucking know. Um, any percent all acts, so having to play through every act, twenty or 19 minutes, 20 seconds. And that is on patch four. Patch five, the top time is twenty minutes and thirty six seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so patch five is when they added the epilogue stuff. And so game mode, um, that is the explorer game mode. The honor game mode, the number one time is twenty one minutes and seventeen seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sex percent pre patch four, one minute fifty eight seconds. And that's have sex with Lizelle, I think, right? I think it's just in general have sex. Um, the top time post patch four, because I think they changed something, is four minutes and six seconds. So th- this game can be finished very quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what they fucking break to do it in three minutes, but it's probably something stupid. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 wishing that I saved before I fought the final boss, so that any choices I made, I could have went back in and tried other choices. Um, because they they would have drastically changed the ending in the game itself. Or whatever end game choices, or for instance, you, uh, one of the characters, everyone's uh, everyone's golden retriever mommy, Carlac uh, out there. She um, she does not want to uh, go back to Avernus, and it turns out that that's the only way to keep her alive is to send her back to Avernus. So at the end of the game, you have the choice of letting her blow up because that, those are her wishes, or sending her back to Avernus either by herself with Will. Or with you and Will. Um, 
knowing that she didn't want to go back to Avernus, I let her blow up. And I'm like, I because like I didn't want to push her and force her to do something she didn't want to do. Um, I had a friend say, oh, by the way, if you would have went with her, she would have been happy. I'm like, son of a bitch. I would have, but also, I was a creepy, ugly, disgusting mind flayer. I didn't want to go back with her, because I I <laughs> felt bad being a mind flayer, and it was just weird. Um, uh, I just threw into uh, into chat the the world rec the current world record, the three minutes. Um, three minute beat the game from their, uh, any percent beat the game. Yeah. It, it, it is titled Yeeting Shadowheart 1 million miles per hour. So I'm assuming part of the I'm assuming there's some sort of glitch or something where you can kill her off very early and it like does something that fucking glitches you to the end of the game. It's like a five minute video because there's some stuff before the, the game actually plays. But yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to say about Boulder's Gate though? Um, not really. I just like I said, I understand why why it won game of the year. It, 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 but like it's just I don't know if I can ever play it again. <laughs> it, it it was it's it's a lot. It's a lot of a game. Um, that's fair. It's one of those games where I keep thinking about playing more, but then like I just don't. Yeah. It it also like it didn't run like it didn't run bad on the Steam Deck, but it like the the screen's very small and there's a lot going on in that game. Like it it wasn't the best way to play it. And I I know some. I don't know if they actually still play it on there. But I know someone who's playing it on like an old Surface tablet that it, the game could barely run sometimes. Yeah, that just seems like a bad, a bad experience. And like, yeah, it's just one of those like it. It's not a fun way to play it, and I'm not going to sit at my computer to play it. So, like, someday maybe, but not anytime soon. Yeah, I mean it's it's available on um on what's it called uh Game Pass. So go with or not Game Pass, but it's available on Xbox. So. Yeah, but I I got it because it it it's Steam Deck verified, so I got the PC version on sale um, to play on the Steam Deck, and then like it actually it plays really good on the Steam Deck. It's just it's not how like it's it's not an ideal way to play it. Like it's just a little too cramped. Yeah, and like can be a little hard to like identify certain things on the screen. So it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I think that is probably the end of the show for this week. Yep. Yeah, Rich, I think good? so. All yeah. right. I'm just so, I'm, I'm watching the speed run right now. Um, okay. And yeah, they do some sort of weird glitch thing that sent Shadowheart to the other side of the starting area from the camp. Um, and yeah, this this is just weird. Yeah. And they had to like kill her, and then they I have no idea what's going on. This is dumb. <laughs> well, next week we have our next book club, which Drew is Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Okay. So the the second Spider Verse movie that's on Disney Plus. Netflix. What? Oh, it is Netflix. Okay. Yeah, because it's a Sony movie. <laughs> um, but other than that, if you'd like to find more of our content, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also help us out by supporting us at Patreon.com/onequest. If you can't support us there with dollars, though, you can go to your favorite podcast platform: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Rate us, review us, subscribe to us. All of it helps. You can. Also, find us on social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on Instagram and Twitter. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo. And you can always send us an email to social at one-quest.com. And Rich, what does your streaming look like? Uh, my streaming, um, twitch.tv slash b underscore one. That's where I'm video game streaming Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Um, 
we'll be doing some Enshrouded this Sunday. Uh, next Sunday, we'll be playing a football game, a football-based game uh, for the big sports ball before going to the sports ball. You want to play um, some Madden? We're playing. We're playing. We're playing a, a football manager. So, um, wait, isn't football manager the soccer it's one? Not even the right football. <laughs> shut up! Shut up! And let me have my jokes, okay? God damn it! I, I think it's funny. Like I'm actually laughing. Exactly. I was just making that's, sure that's what I thought it was. That's exactly what it is. Last year, I played a game called Football Game, um, and I just kept making the joke as I was playing it, where like, "Hey guys, we'll get to the games. We'll get to football soon." It was like a like a thriller horror story, something like that. I don't really know, but there's zero actual football being played. It just takes place here at a high school football game. Um, one one year, if if you can get it cheap enough, you should get the Madden that had the story mode and just play the story mode that has like zero football in it. God, uh, but no, it, we'll be it was doing, actually a good story mode. Yeah, we'll be doing we'll be doing a. Uh, I'll be playing that just because um, I find it funny to not play football games on sports ball day and just to celebrate it for a bit. Because I'm also, I have plans to go see the sports bowl game. Um, so, uh, but we'll be starting, probably starting Shenmue next, next Monday. Um, and have my we'll condolences. Be, uh, and we'll probably, and we'll probably do, I think we're going to do, um, lethal company next Tuesday. So, Come hang out for those and Shenmue and like the football game on Sunday and uh, yeah, just come hang out. Twitch.tv slash Cool. And with that, we will be back next week with something else to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. See Bye. You guys.